We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right... Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama real time i'm gary sinise that's the ad that's the ad that's the ad back with another episode of soundtracking your favorite bonus episode uh of the month um and because brian wasn't here to talk about one of the kelly favorites of american werewolf in paris we're at least going to cover the american werewolf in paris soundtrack which is arguably the best part of american werewolf in paris anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) so let's get right into this um actually i'm going to do this up front there's only one song that appears in the movie that's not on the soundtrack. That's Walking on the Sun by Smash Mouth. Okay oh, my this. God. This, I always forget that it's in that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the searching for the, the suicide note yep. music. Yep. But, so weird. Right. So, fucking so, so we kick off with Bush, Mouth, the Stingray remix. So good. Um, Best Bush song ever. And oh, That is a bold statement. No, it's not. It's true. I don't know. No. Come Down is pretty great. Swallowed <laughs> is a is a... Is a fan favorite of mine. I also I mean, love I also, Greedy Fly. I really love the first two Bush albums, honestly. I think 16 Stone is a pretty solid post-grunge honestly, release. I like uh, Chemicals Between Us, too. Yeah, I like hey, the later hey, song. 
that stuff's not, I have all five of their albums and I think that they were always good, but like they just weren't writing the singles like they were in those first two. Yeah. Um, now, Brian, you and I have talked about this before. The original version of Mouth without the techno background kind of started to grow on me in later years. Yes, hated it for decades. And then I really developed a love for it. It's like listening to two different songs. Yeah, it's, um, it's, but I still think that with the techno-y stuff in the background is the superior version of this song. Yes, which that is the exact opposite of Dragula, the nature <laughs> song that I thought was so superior, and now I listen to it, I'm like, this is awful, just give me regular Dragula. It's just regular Dragula, <laughs> but with just like a... Um, But yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say. It was the big single off the album. Um, It's probably one of the only reasons people remember American Werewolf in Paris was that this song was kind of massive. Fun fact, did this uh, music video to this song in high school for video journalism, and I got a C, which is like an F, but you get an automatic C for doing the project. (laughs) Uh, So it's followed by the refreshments. This does not sound like the refreshments, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's a little heavier than the refreshments. I I think that the refreshments were a really fun band that did not get big enough, but like I'm not upset about it. Like they didn't need to be bigger than they were. But like My world is fine without them being huge. Yeah. But like Banditos I still think is a really fun song. Yep, love Banditos. Um, down Together has, I forgot about that for years, and I was like, man, Down Together is pretty good too, but this does not sound like them at all. Like, I like it. But yeah. I love this song. Oh, I, I love this song. And this is one that, like, we talk about on soundtrack, and sometimes there's songs that are so well used in the movie that you hear it and you immediately remember what it was for. And this was like them on the train going to, to France. I remember that drum intro. Miss Scusi. <laughs> oh, stand I love- by. <laughs> I'm telling you, stand by. That was if happening. cares about my life outside of this podcast, you got some Euro trip shit going on in the works. <laughs> going to say that. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> we're followed by uh, another song that doesn't sound very much like the band that it's known like the, the whatever doesn't sound like what you're used to for this band uh is the normal town techno remix by oh, better than ezra god which is from uh when they're climbing up the eiffel tower yeah there's another one where i always remember the song uh the original version of normal town is trashed i have the uh i have a lot of better than ezra albums for some reason uh, um, i know exactly what the reason is is that you're obsessed with the fucking 90s Run well, shit. So, so better than Ezra though was one of those bands that I feel like they got some really good singles out there, but they are definitely like a just buy a greatest hits album if you're into the singles because they never had it. There was never hidden deep cuts on those records that you were missing out on. Yeah, I um, mean, I love this song because it's and, and and I overall I know I'm gonna love this soundtrack because. It's all nostalgia for me. Like this song, although this this soundtrack wasn't one of those, it just seems like I could see me, you, and Dave sitting in his room listening to the soundtrack. We used to or listen even, to it at the pool house all the uh, time. Or even uh, Michael Copeland. Or, yeah. You know, when we would listen I, to like just CDs of like just such 90s well, shit. Well, we would hang out at yeah. Dave's pool house. This was like one of the CDs that was always down in the basement by the pool table. So like... 
I remember these songs distinctly. And I think that that's why, like you said, I think that you and I are going to have a large nostalgia for this entire soundtrack because of that. Yeah. Um, hey, guys, I, I have an, a, 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 an admission for you. I hated every song except for two. Really? Oh, I think I know what the other one is. Yeah, you and do. we're getting and to it's... a soon. Well, no, okay, um, okay. Well, three, but I, I don't love the, the most. The, yeah, you, you, you know which one I love. Yeah. So we'll move on to just a very mediocre cake cover. And I love cake, but the never going to give you up Barry White cover is really worthless on this. It's the night cover is a great cake cover. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that cake is one of those bands that's so. Oh, hold on. I don't know what cake is so. Sorry, it's because the dogs were barking. Cake is so deeply ingrained in my college experience. Well, they're like, Cake was like anti-rock music, which was really cool at the time because no one was doing it. Go ahead and say it. Don't love Cake. See, I really, well, their later albums or whatever, but like Cake at their prime, I still love. Yeah, Fashion Nugget, and then what was the one after that? Longing the Magic and Comfort Eagle. Oh, yeah. Those three records are great. Like like a handful of songs, but I could never listen to a a full album because Cake is the Wes Anderson of music. It's like They really are. They're dry. dry. We get the bit. Like, let's do something (laughs) different. But here's the thing is that every once, every record had like four killer riffs on it dude like the, the distance the riff, the riff to comfort eagle is, is also, like one of my yeah, favorite yeah. riffs oh uh, my god i also really love satan is my motor I, like, <laughs> I, but also here's the thing about cake i got fashion nugget when in junior high when it came out or something like that i loved the record but i didn't really understand like why they sounded like they did. I just loved the record. It, well, when you're, you know, in seventh grade, you don't really think about well, cultural I context. Hated, I hated them at first because I loved the distance and was so annoyed that the rest of Com- uh, Fashion Nugget didn't sound like the distance. And so I, I should like, have been that way, but for some reason, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, and later on, like, songs that I used to hate on there, like Italian Leather Sofa oh, yeah, and Frank so Sinatra, mm. I became obsessed with by college. It's definitely a college band. It is like, a college a band. band. That... <laughs> I well, Here's the reason why, in my uh, from, from my perspective. Cake was that band that you put on when you were drinking. Whatever you want. You know? I could see nah, that. You can yeah. relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, but I was probably the guy at the party that was like, hey, let's put on cake. Yeah, but I, we, I, all of my friends in college were, I mean, I, I, I was a nerd, you know? It's not like we were hanging out with, like, the the slutty college students. It was just a bunch of bio majors and like poli sci majors getting drunk off of a 24 pack of Natty Light. And like <laughs> I, there was in a, in a triple dorm room, like a, you know, like a big well, dorm they were room. Always like, they were always one of those bands that I, I used to use the phrase um, geek rock to describe like them and Weezer and like these bands that like, they knew who their audience was and their audience were like the geeky guys in college that were sitting in their dorms drinking a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but here, so, but I wasn't alone. It was like twenty people, but uh, it packed into a, a triple. Uh, but you know, here's the other band that we would listen to a lot. It was a lot of cake and a shitload of weed. 
I was, you know what? I was sitting here and I'm like, he's gonna say ween. I don't know why oh I know God. that he's gonna say ween, but he's gonna say, hey there, that's the songs that make us dance. Uh, it was actually the number one for us was I'm dancing in the show tonight. Dude, the best ween. Oh, like, God. so ween is one of those bands. I downloaded their entire discography one time. 90% of it is shit. Dude, it's, it's like the 10 songs that are amazing by ween are so good that you forgive the rest yeah. of their career. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is they were like I always described them as like it's kind of like they might be giants without the care. Like, yeah. like it's, it's lazy like, they might be giants. Like, they might be giants puts a lot of work between two guys to like really make these very full sounding songs and like Ween's just kind of like yeah we're two of us we'll figure out what we'll do. <laughs> drum drum we'll machine and a kazoo. Perfect. <laughs> 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 um, so what's after from cake? There, after cake is Red Cross, who is a band who's popped up on multiple soundtracks uh, with the song "Sick Love." And again, never listened to Red Cross outside of these soundtracks and compilations, and I have no complaint about them. No, this, this song is okay for its time. Yeah. yeah, it's just a decent '90s rock song. But again, I I only know this band from soundtracks. <laughs> I I could not tell you if they were big or not but apparently they were popular for soundtracks uh but i don't even remember what this song like i don't remember the song from the movie i don't either but let's talk about the most unexpected band on this soundtrack yeah. <laughs> fucking the suicide machines with break the glass oh god which like you would think that this would be like oh this is the soundtrack that showed me like introduced me to the suicide machines I was already rocking out the Suicide Machines. It was like, wait, they're on the fucking soundtrack for America Werewolf in Paris? So what part of the movie is this? This is when he's escaping um, between the cars. So there's two different songs that happen during him escaping from, like, the evil werewolves. Mm -hmm. Is the following song plays as he's going down the stairwell. And then when the girl zombie's trying to drag attention to him and all the cars start crashing... It's Break the Glass is playing. But, I mean, don't say girl zombie. She has a name. Claire! Oh, that's right. I literally couldn't remember her name. No, no, her name's... No, not in the movie. Her name's Claire in American Family. I mean, not oh. Modern Family. Oh, shit. I she got a lot of plastic that surgery. Is Claire. Yeah, she's gotten a lot of plastic surgery. So, that is... Everyone that knows me on a personal level says that Phil and Claire is 100% me and Jade a decade from now. <laughs> I am, I'm Phil already. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, cause Modern Family reruns play right before Monday Night Raw. So like I always end up watching those two episodes before Raw. And I never thought about it, but you are absolutely right. That is that is you and Jade's relationship. To a, to a T. And, and, and I want to take this time to say, it's not cool anymore to hate sitcoms. Family sitcoms are, 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 are there to make us feel joy. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the judgment. Yeah, I like Everybody Loves Raymond. And you know who else <laughs> loves Everybody Loves Raymond? Everybody. It's everybody for the show. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know if that was a bit or not, but... Um, I do have one qualm with America, uh, with Modern Family. What's that? The last, this this, this most pre recent season, um, I think they've lost the plot. I think that they're just doing uncomfortable situations, and then now the one girl's pregnant. 
I haven't actually seen any of the new season. I'm a rerun guy. Yeah, why don't you stick so. to the first couple seasons? Because I feel yeah. like it's a lot more fun and lighthearted. Um, I don't know, but I, I do I do love me some older Modern Family, and um, I basically once a month now. It used to be more recent, more often, but um, yeah, you know, like a year ago, once a week, I just yell at Megan Claire, yeah. <laughs> or, or be like shows- Manny. <laughs> And it shows where you are in life when you get like I feel like sitcoms are a great way to show your aging, because when you're when you're in the younger age, like perfect example, Modern Family, the fat gay guy is the funniest character. Just like when you're younger, Joey Tribbiani is the funniest character, (laughs) and then when you get older, you realize no, Phil Dunphy's the best. Yeah, Phil is fucking hilarious. You know, Chandler and Ross are incredible in front. Like you. They have like it's almost like a red herring of who's actually the funniest. Wait, wait, who and who it, used to th- who who would ever think that Chandler wasn't funny? It was said as a kid. You were he, like, "Hey, Joey, Joey he's is cool. So he's funny. got catchphrases. He says oh. how you doing? You know, <laughs> Joey's hilarious." Well, that's like Brian. You and I used to talk about how like when we were younger, we never really appreciated how funny Buster was on on Arrested Development. Development. And yeah. now he's like the best character in the show. Oh, what Easily. the fuck is wrong with you guys? Buster has been the best from day one. I don't know. We were always I, we were always about Tobias and Job. I still like, I still have Job. As Job one. Job is my number two, but by a very slim margin, just because Dude, Buster so man, funny. Buster has such great. The seal is for Mark's. <laughs> He's in my awards, mother from Army. That's what I say to Megan all the time. There's a bird in the house, mother. It walked on my pillow. <laughs> Dude, when when um, Lucille, when he starts dating Lucille too, and she's like talking to, I think he's, she's talking to Michael, and she goes, um, he comes home at 11 p.m. His breath smelling of peanut brittle. <laughs> Man, I need to rewatch. Or when they're all joking around with mom, and he just he he just goes off, and it's just bleeped out the entire time, and just says, "With your stank ass bitch." <laughs> actually, sorry, best character in Arrested Development is actually Franklin. So yeah, just... or Gene. <laughs> Gene, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the next song. Well, actually, real quick. If you've never listened to Suicide Machines, Destruction by Definition, go get it. It's an amazing, amazing punk style record. Um, You're ready here first, 20 yep. years later. <laughs> so it's followed by the song that comes before it in the movie, Fastball's Human Torch. Um, which is just a, I don't know, Fastball's a weird band. I've always Fastball. liked them, but they're a weird band. There's nothing, there's not a signature Fastball sound. They kind of just play what feels right, I guess. Yeah. I, I I don't want to be friends with anybody that hates fastball, but I also don't want to be friends with anybody that loves them. They are a, <laughs> they are just an okay band that you tolerate. Yeah, I mean, out of my head, great song. Yeah, the the way, lovely song. Um, the song from the Varsity Blues soundtrack, the Are You Ready for the Fallout? Love that one. Yeah. This one's just okay. It's yeah, got nothing. some. I like a little bit of like the vocal melody, but. There's nothing special about this song. Forget Take it, it or leave it, mm-hmm. I say. It's a little boppy rock song. Um, then we're going to move into probably my least favorite song on the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, really? 
Eva Trout Soup Kitchen. So I, oh, before we got on the show today, uh, Megan and I went and did a quick errand, and I was like, I have to burn through the rest of this American Werewolf and uh, Paris soundtrack. And I, I was at Eva Trout, and she was like, what the fuck is this? She's like, she's not even real. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know what this song, it sounds it's terrible. like a it's like a Chris Isaac B site. It's like it's a song for a movie. That's that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It's like the lowest energy attempt to be Fiona Apple. And it comes like it's just sandwiched in between such high energy songs. Like it's between you have the suicide machines and fastball into this. Right, and then let's just jump to the next song, Skinny oh, Puppy Heart. Can we talk about how Scott compared her to, to Fiona Apple, Apple, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not Fiona Apple, I'm uh, <laughs> Ava Trout. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, before we go to, before we go on to Skinny Puppy, here are the fucking lyrics for Soup Kitchen by Eva Fish. <laughs> oh man. Got to sh- vicious circles, got me down. Days turn into weeks of hanging out. Got to shake these soup kitchen blues. Growing tired of barley cabbage stew. And there's being nothing, nothing new to do. Dumb and hungry, we make our way for free refueling. Like an arm- alarm clock, our minds know the times. We plan our lives along the rat lines. Wow! She and she's. Probably such an arrogant woman that's like playing this for a friend. She's like, "Yeah, this is a metaphor for civil rights." No, dude, she, it, it's exactly what she thinks it is. But she's like, "It's <coughs> Christ, it's okay." You, you know, in so I married an axe murderer when he's doing his his uh, beat poetry. Woman, woman, <laughs> Harriet, Harriet, hot, hot, and harbinger of haggis. That's what these lyrics are. They're shitties. They're the shittiest slam poetry you can imagine. This is the yeah, whitest slam poetry. It's so it's, bad. It's bad. It's a really this bad is, song. This is in the running for worst song in soundtracking thus far. Yeah. yeah no, I think that that's a fair point. Uh, so let's go to another song that is, to me, one of the songs where I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when this is in the movie. Uh, Hard Set Head, Skinny Puppy. Um, I would probably hate this song if not for the visual that i always get in my head of those guys in in their cloaks turning in the werewolves at the yeah. end like, like wait so if i didn't have that visual i would hate the song so much sorry sorry I, I was confused i thought that this was um i thought that this was the the the, the rave like the beginning that's what i'm talking about. no well they was might use the it twice at the end? this is this is the church rave at the end okay. where they start to inject themselves and transform okay um, it's look. I don't think that they took the time to get multiple people to do techno rave music, so they probably just used it twice. <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely uh, the rave sequence. Um, which again is the thing that frustrates me is that I really think American Werewolf in Paris plot-wise has a lot of issues, but visually, if it just wasn't CGI werewolves, would have been such a cooler movie. Oh yeah, yeah. because there aren't. Like, it's not just CGI werewolves, and we talked about this when we did the episode, but. Um, in that rave scene, <clears throat> when the guys start to like transform, that's that's prosthetics, and it looks awesome, and it's actually terrifying. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's super. There's cool visual scenes. Like, I remember the cop handcuffs them, and then it's like the cops being ripped apart by these wolves that they're handcuffed to. Like, there's so many cool ideas that would just be cooler if they weren't cartoonish CGI monsters. Yeah, the CGI really yeah. did not age. You know, I'm going to be a little mean. It looked bad when I first saw it, even. I was like, no, it, it always looks bad. It yeah. always looks bad. Favorite werewolf movie, least favorite looking werewolf. Really? This is your yeah, favorite, favorite werewolf movie? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We watched this movie a lot as kids. Yeah. This was like beginner's horror movies. Like, it's like, you got like a little bit of boobs, you get a little bit of gore, oh, but, but those, not too much. Can I, can I say it, though? That the, like, it's a little bit of boobs, but the, it's a... Yeah. Could have done without them. You could have done without the boobs? Yeah. Who are you? I was eight. I just wanted to see more wolves. <laughs> I think the same could be said for you at 28. <laughs> yeah. Jade takes all of her shirt. I'm like, boom! <laughs> and she's like, what if they were hair? And you're like, now you're talking. Yeah, you, got my, you got my attention. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you pour yourself some champagne and we'll watch a little diddly called Howling 3. <laughs> uh, so this has moved to a song that is really familiar to me, but I cannot place where it is in the movie. Uh, Carolina's Spine Turned Blue. I don't know, because all I can think about Caroline's Spine is that it was just in, what was it, Dracula 2000? Let me see. Uh, Varsity Blues. Oh, Varsity Blues. And they're they're awful. They're such a 90s shitty fucking I'll be on any soundtrack, band. I bet that they charged what them $50. Yeah, it's- Megan was like, that's the worst band name I think I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, so it's followed by a band who I only know besides the soundtrack for being on one of the X Games soundtracks, which is Fat with Downtime. Oh, man. This band sucks. Dude, this, the second <laughs> half of this record is, it goes beyond being mediocre and goes straight into being god-awful. Well, and this is like that that late 90s, early 2000s, like, new metal hadn't quite exploded yet. Well, what year so is this? So we just had rock bands with turntables. Uh, 97. So You're like, right, it took two more Korn, years. Yeah. So, like, Corn was out there and Limp Bizkit maybe had put out $3 bill, y'all. Yeah, that this was, is a lot more of just, like, we're a rock band that has not even real turntables, as far as I can tell. It's just samples. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, it's whatever. It's not great. It's not as I bad as the next it. song, though. Oh, see, I love the Funk Junkies Adrenaline. I used to fucking love this Is this song. when they're going up to um, jump off the Eiffel Tower? No, I actually don't know why. The, like, I feel like the last, like, six songs on the soundtrack were just like, wow, we got space to burn. Yeah, we got we got 80 minutes songs. to fill on this fucking soundtrack because it carries that much space. Because not only was the Funk Junkies on the exact same X Games Volume 2 soundtrack as Fat, but it was this song, which leads me to believe that this is the only song that the Funk Junkies ever had. It was a twofer, dude. Yeah, I almost did. So when Brian was talking about his music video that he did to Mouse, when I was in middle school, we had to shoot a music video for a class, and I almost did it to Funk Junkies Adrenaline. Uh, but no one else in my group wanted to do that song, so they changed our. They changed it to probably an even worse song, in my opinion. Uh, Sugar Hill or Sugar Hill, uh, Sugar Ray's um, "Speed Home California." Ew! If I thought you were gonna yeah. say RPM, and I was like, okay. No, no, Speed Home California. 
because when you're in sixth grade, that song's awesome. But not when you're 33. Uh, so yeah, Funk Junkies, they're just kind of there. Another rock band with some rapping and turntables. Shrug, I guess. Yeah. Um, now we hit where this record gets real fucking weird. <laughs> the last three songs are insane. So we've got this Vanessa Do You. I guess is how you pronounce her last name. D A O U. No one knows how to yeah. spell that. Wow. It's Christopher Walken. But it's if I could, what I would do, which I think is when Claire is being seductive at dinner, maybe? It's either that or when she takes off her top. I can't remember. Yeah, it's just. It's not a good song. It's like supposed to be. It you know what it sounds like? It sounds like someone trying to be the Cardigans. Failing, failing, failing badly. Yeah. But I've talked about this song years ago. Is the last song on the soundtrack? Wait, wait, wait. Are we? Did we move? Smooth diamonds. That's not the last song. Well, we're not gonna talk about the two minutes of score. <laughs> oh, we are. Okay. We are. Smooth, di- smooth diamonds with lover beasts in Paris, which does the incredible thing of trying to be an R&B love jam while also inserting the plot line of American <laughs> Werewolf in Paris into its lyrics, and it is such a fool's errand throughout the entire song <laughs> that I absolutely love it in like the way that I love Cobra. Like it's it's a bad bad song, but it's like man, they are trying their best yeah, to make man. this song work. Smooth diamonds, yeah. And I bring you Smooth Diamonds. It's smooth with the V. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, I mean, you guys can hear it underneath. It's fucking, it's a jam. It's a jam. All right, so, Scott, do you want to talk about Wilbert Hurst's theme of American Werewolf in Paris? No, I don't. Just two minutes of tension. That's all it is. Like, it's just like... It's, it's it's violin stings for two minutes. No one wants that. You know what it's you know this... what it sounds like is did you ever buy those Halloween cassettes where it's like a synthesized orchestra doing your favorite horror theme songs and it just sounds slightly off the whole time. Oh, That's see, what it sounds like to me it sounds like the music in my head when I walk into an all staff meeting late. <laughs> Everyone's watching me walk to my chair, and I'm just trying not to trip. <laughs> eyes of eyes straight ahead, eyes straight ahead. It's always better just the omen. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I'm well, awkward, guys, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I'm awkward. <laughs> All right, so that was America Werewolf in Paris, our shortest episode of soundtracking because. Man, it starts strong, but wait, wait, are we aren't we missing the stuff that wasn't on the soundtrack that's going into? We went, we did it. We did it in the beginning. It's only walking on the sun. By holy Smash shit, Rapids. okay, that's why it's a, a short episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna end with us doing an acapella version of Smash Mouth's "Walking on the Sun." Bum, 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 bum. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> That went about as well as I could have expected. (laughs) Two actions. I said, How does this song go? (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 